Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. And welcome to episode number 62 of the WWS Radio Network's Pop Culture Review Show. This is WWS Outside the Ropes. And of course, we can say this, hey, ladies and gentlemen, she's making her return back to the Wednesday night lineup here in the radio network. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you as we, of course, get ready to bring you, of course, the latest hearing news from around the pop culture scene. And, of course, to also join me, join me here to help also bring in the action is the Iceman himself, J.D. Jared Girolamo. J.D., of course, is a 2015 and 17 WWS Hall of Famer. He's also, of course, part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com, as well as, of course, as, as, another, as another big part here of our team here in the radio network. Uh, let's bring J.D. in right now to welcome him number 62 of Outside the Ropes. Yes, and we are back. It's Wednesday night, hour, and boy, we got a lot to dive into tonight. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, a lot of making the rounds here of the pop culture uh, scene. And, of course, we'll be bringing here to you through our friends at Fall Leather Mania, plus, of course, other sources here. And, of course, <clears throat> right afterwards, uh, we're getting the, the infamous... Uh, uh, hot seat chair, all prepped and ready to go. Of course, we've got JD's fireproof suit all ready to go as well. As we get ready to, uh, uh, dabble, as we will dabble here here, here later on, and uh, a big round of movie trivia, of course, in the past and the present, and put JD's mind to work. Yes, indeed. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to listen in on what we have to talk about here, or chime in on what we have to talk about here, on every on all the stories we're bringing in here this evening on Outside the Ropes. Please feel free to give us a call here, 1-724-444-7444. Call ID 141-387-POUND. And by all means, ladies and gentlemen, press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here on episode number 62 of Outside the Ropes. Let's go ahead and dive right on into it here, of course, to our friends at 411 Mania. It always brings us, uh, of course, some very big-time stories here around the wrestling scene. I mean, uh, pop culture scene, excuse me. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> ah, here's okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, of course, we've heard about this man many, many times uh, in the public eye, of course. Uh, everyone knows what's been going on. And that is, of course, uh, 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 football great O.J. Simpson. Uh, of course, Joseph Lee reported this uh, on Monday night, on Monday, but we'll go ahead and mention it here to you today. 
his parole hearing will be televised this week, apparently. Yahoo reports that O.J. Simpson's parole hearing will be televised live this week. It'll be the first time since 2013 that that that, <clears throat> that Simpson has appeared on television. It happens at 10 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. It will air in a video pool, and networks like ESPN will show it live. Of course, as everyone knows, Simpson is famous for being on TV during legal matters as his trial of the century was broadcast in 1995. During that time, Simpson was acquitted for the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. The 70-year-old Simpson has been at the Lovelock Correction Center since 2008 after he was sentenced <clears throat> to nine, uh, from 9 to 33 years for armed robbery and kidnapping. At the time, he attempted to break into a room at the Palace Station Hotel in Las Vegas to steal sports memorabilia. Simpson denied he broke into the room or held anyone at gunpoint and admitted to stealing the items he claimed belonged to him. The sentencing happened 13 years exactly after his murder acquittal. He was granted parole for some of the armed robbery convictions in 2013 They had to serve four more years for charges of assault with a deadly weapon and other weapons charges. The hearing will be streamed from Lovelock, the Nevada Board of Parole Commissioners said there has been overwhelming media and public interest in Simpson's parole. ESPN's Jeremy Shep will host a 90-minute Outside the Lines Thursday about the hearing. This follows the network's 30 for 30 series, OJ, Made in America, which was directed by Ezra Eidelman. If Simpson is paroled, he would actually get released from, he wouldn't get actually get released from prison until in sometime in October. Uh, I'm J.D. knows this story is two years old, uh, two uh, days old, but what's your take on this? O.J.'s been in there for eight years, and a lot has changed in the last eight years since he got into trouble the last time, however. Uh, do we really want the juice out of prison? I read the article from the USA Today yesterday, however. I mean, here's a guy who has been away eight years and who has been in the public spotlight for a long, long time. It goes back even to his football days as a college athlete at USC, even in his pro days as a superstar in Buffalo, as well as his acting career. But here's a guy who's 70 years old, however. They say he's paid his debt to society, however, unlike the first time, how what happened back in 94, and we all know what happened back then, of course, and of course it was made into a TV series, The People versus O.J. Simpson, which was a very unique uh, series, by the way, if you have not watched it, uh, if you can try to find it somewhere on DVD or buy it on DVD, I suggest you check it out. Of course, John Travolta was in it, Cuba Gooding Jr. was in it, and others. But here it is now, fast forward the clock, how it's 20 years later plus. Here's a guy, however, who, like I said, eight years ago got busted for armed robbery, and he was about to serve 30 to 40 years in prison. Apparently, I guess, however, they say in the article, and they said in the USA Today article, obviously, that he's paid his debt to society over the course of that time. I just... I think it's ridiculous. First off, they're televising it, number one. I think it's asinine. Because not only ESPN's going to cover it, I think they're going to try to get it cut into other networks, too. I've heard ABC, CBS, and NBC are going to try cutting into their shows, too, tomorrow afternoon at some point, unless ESPN's the only one that will cut in, however. But like I said, it's just I think it's absolutely outrageous that you're uh, putting this on for the whole world to see. It's just an embarrassing spectacle, in my opinion. I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I think we had enough of it back in the mid '90s about when the when they called the trial of the century took place. So uh, I don't know if this is one of the if they're doing this just to I don't know if they're doing this to embarrass OJ or they're doing it just to simply ratings. get a, a ratings. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you know, you never know with these things. So you have to wait and see what happens with it. Uh, next up here, coming up here, of course, there's some stories coming out here today. One courtesy of Jeremy Thomas of Four Eleven Mania, Comic Con key art reveals a premiere date for the for season eight of The Walking Dead. For you Walking Dead fans out there, uh, AMC has revealed through special San Diego Comic Con art the premiere date of The Walking Dead's eighth season. You can see the key art for the show and fear The Walking Dead for this weekend's convention below on this story right here. The former announced season eight premiere. The former announced the season eight premiere day is October 22nd. The season eight premiere will be the 100th episode of the hit series. AMC will also be present at MLK Park with a fan activation for fans of both shows 
featuring interactive experiences. In the second half of Fear the Walking Dead Season 3, the Clarks and Autos have secured an uneasy truce with the nation. Former enemies must find a way to survive together. Tensions mount at Broke Jaw Ranch as their militia is, de- is decimated. Resources are scarce and the dead are encroaching. The Gonzales Dam, a source of life, is a larger prize to the South. Strand has hit rock bottom and needs a partner to harness the world's only currency if he is going to be resurrected. Meanwhile, Daniel has become El Soldado, I guess is the best way I can pronounce it. Again, S O L D A D O. I don't know if it's you anyway, though. Solado. Okay, I'll, I'll say Solado, that's best way I can pronounce it. Again, and bids his time in service to Lola and the band. But hasn't given up the ghost of Ophelia. Uh, hasn't given up the ghost of Ophelia. That series returns on September the tenth. So what we're looking. So what we're looking at here, like I said, October twenty second for the original Walking Dead, and September tenth for Fear of the Walking Dead. JJ, uh, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of. Uh, no, I don't watch The Walking Dead that much. I know people do it, however. But it is a unique show, and uh, whatever happens this season, it'll be a very interesting season. You can bet on that. And speaking of shows, how I, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but also uh, last week I think it was they aired for the first time on 411 Mania. I think it came through on 411 Mania through either uh, our good friend Jeremy Thomas or one of the other big shots at 411 Mania. The uh, first uh, clip of the new season of Kirby Enthusiasm will be returning after a three-year hiatus, which uh, in the trailer Larry plays Julius Caesar. In a toga. Oh, okay. I want to check that out. It starts in early October, I believe. Hmm. And, and while you do that, I'll um, continue forth here and see what else we got right here. Um, uh, coming in from also from Larry Zonka for Leather Mania. Um, of course, as you know, he was announced as the new. Uh, uh, his involvement in um, um, the new director, of course, of the of the new uh, Han, Han Solo movie, which will be coming out here real soon. He actually tweeted a, a photo as to what uh, uh, um, I guess from the set of this movie. And here, here's, here's we got a little bit of a story right here. Director Ron Howard has revealed another photo from the set of the untitled Han Solo movie featuring Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian seemingly piloting the Millennium Falcon and making the leap to hyperspace. The film is set to come out on May 25, 2018, and it features Alden Eidenreich as Han, Junus Suotamo as Chewbacca, Woody Harrelson is attached to play Han's mentor, a man by the name of Beckett, Emilia Clark, Sandy Newton, Michael K. Williams, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge are set for undisclosed roles. Uh, let me see here if we got any. It does. So far, the cast doesn't appeal to me apparently, except for Woody. It's gonna be interesting to see what kind of role Woody will play in. But it's not like the others. How I mean, obviously, with this being the final chapter, will it be a big hit. That's the billion-dollar question. Exactly. And Ron Howard. Uh, Post this picture at 11.29 a.m. this morning. He simply just said that underneath is not bad looking picture there showing the hyperspace effect, which is, has always been really, really cool in Star Wars movies anyway. Uh, it says there, hyperspace is real. My first experience, wow. So, so there you go. Um, <clears throat> uh, let me see what else we have uh, uh, going on here for, uh, let me see here. So we find any, you can find anything else here. We talk about it. this is one that just that's one of tip of your. This is this is one that's going to be taking your fancy here, JD. Because this kind of looked at this a little bit. This came out also two days ago, uh, come through uh, Joseph Lee of Four Leather Mania. But I've got to read this because I, I still don't believe it. Uh, of course, we all know Caitlyn Jenner, of course, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, is considering a run for the U.S. Senate. Yes, you heard me right. Yes, I heard it's that. This is a run for the U.S. Senate. Uh, here's the story here. Move over, Kid Rock. There's a new celebrity. A new celebrity is considering a run for U.S. Senate. Caitlyn Jenner 
told AM 970 in New York that she's considering running for the U.S. Senate in California. Gender would likely run as a Republican given <clears throat> her political history. She has said the following. I have considered it. I like the political side of it. The political side of it has always been very intriguing to me. Over the next six months or so, I have to find out where I can do a better job. Can I do a better job from the outside? Can I work in the perimeter of the political scene? Being open to talk to anybody? Or are you better off from the inside? And we are in the process of determining that. Jenner says she would try to push for a more progressive stance on uh, LGBT issues along with the general Republican platform. Uh, let's see right here. Uh, she's, also, she's also added the following here. The perception of the Republican Party is that they're all about rich white guys trying to make money. I would hope that in the next generation that we can change the perception of the Republican Party and make it the party of equality. Jenner would have a tough road to burn any LGBT voters as only 21% of polled LGBT Americans have Republican leanings or identify with the party. Her LGBT critics have called her politics breathtakingly clueless. She supported Ted Cruz in the past, who has been criticized for his regressive LGBT policy and belief. Uh, okay, next step here, J.D., what do you think about this? Well, if, he's serious, if she's serious about running for it, I mean, good luck, however. It's just it's crazy, you know, how anyone in the state can run. It seems like the same kid rocks trying to do it, however. And now you got Caitlin running for it, however. So whatever happens, happens, you know. Yeah, and of course, as you, as we always say, of course, this is, I don't know if they're coming up off the heels of if Trump can be elected president, then maybe, of course, we can probably run, we can, any, anybody who's well-known and famous can run for a, um, for a big, uh, um, so we, so, uh, I guess if Trump can do it, then we could do it too, I guess. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I will go ahead and um, <clears throat> um, normally, normally, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we normally don't talk about anything wrestling here on outside of the ropes, but we got to bring. Before we do, we got uh, some entertainment news to report. Oh yes, yes, and, uh, and there's a couple that the Iceman did bring to my attention, and he's going to bring those to you here in just a couple minutes. Yes. But there's a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple I wanted to bring. Myself there because I do I do because like I said since I didn't know about these other stories until like I said the Iceman broke them to me here earlier in the day he's going to break those out here to you folks and we'll be talking about this all throughout the night of course on a wrestling debate here at eight o'clock and at Revolution and on Revolution at nine <clears throat> but I've got to read a couple of these first off here a quick show from Jeremy Thomas at Four Eleven Mania uh, GFW back in the news right here as Gail Kim. Is to transition to a behind-the-scenes Global Force Wrestling role. Gail Kim's new role in GFW will be that of an agent. Jeremy Borash revealed the new the news during his media call on Wednesday via Wrestling Inc., following up on Kim's announcement that she'll be retiring from the ring after this year. And this is what uh, this is what he this is what Borash said right here. This may be known. But we're, we are happy to have on board as an agent for Impact Wrestling who will be helping up with our knockouts, Gail Kim, who announced that she would be retiring at the end of this year, said Borash. She's going to be taking on a more behind-the-scenes role. Everybody may not know Gail, and I, might not know, but Gail and I had, had a very strong friendship for the last decade. I obviously do stuff with her husband, Robert Irvine, the chef. I didn't know she was married to the chef, Robert yeah, Irvine. Yeah, yeah, that's Chef Robert Irvine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. And she had an incredible mind. She has an incredible mind and really somebody that's going to take the knockouts to the next level. So they're still calling them knockouts in Global Force. So she's in Orlando and Tampa training gals that, 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 that you will be seeing. Borash also said that GFW has signed two new established female names but didn't reveal any details about them as of yet. So uh it'd be quite interesting to see who Global Force was able to snatch up there. That's that's pretty good. Uh, uh let's see. And also this is this is one other I'll bring up and like I said, J D will have will have others to bring up stuff here as well in just a couple of minutes. Uh this is involving of course Sasha Banks. <clears throat> Coming from Jeremy Thomas here at four eleven Mania. Uh, 
She's saying that the women's division's next goal is the main event, WrestleMania. Hmm, I, I like that idea. Sasha Banks spoke with News.com in Australia while on her promotional tour of the country. Her highlights of this interview are below. On watching the WWE women's division growing up, it's changed so much. I remember watching it as a kid, and the women weren't really featured like the guys. I was like, no, I want to be in the WWE, but I don't want to do what they're doing at the moment. I kind of caught caught like the the MTV era, ladies in bikinis and beautiful women. Not really throwing it down like guys. I told myself when I was 10 I wanted to change what it meant to be a diva in the WWE. It's crazy that we're here. We're superstars. We're not divas anymore. It's changed so much. I think the women that came before me, she thanks the women that came before me and who I work with today. We've done it together. We're changing the world right now. On how to top this year, she says the following. I don't know how you top it. I think you just keep getting better and keep striving. Just to make it a normal thing that people are not surprised women are doing these matches, I think the next goal is the main event, a WrestleMania. And on the potential of uh, current NXT superstars Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, she says the following. I think they are the future. They are incredible, and they have such passion for this business, and I love watching them. They are amazing, and Peyton Royce reminds me a lot of myself. Her favorite wrestler is is, is Eddie Guerrero as well, and I love watching her. She's incredible, incredible, incredible in the ring, and I can't wait for her to get called up to the main roster. Uh, the, the women main event WrestleMania, JD. Do we see this? Do we see this happening? Oh yeah, I think in time you'll see it happen. I mean, they did. I mean, obviously Hell in a Cell last year. They did the Triple Threat. However, they've done Raws. However, I mean, they haven't done a Royal Rumble. I mean, they already did a Money in the Bank match twice. I mean, what can they not do that they haven't accomplished already? Yes, indeed. If they've had, if they've main evented Raw. Uh, they've done, uh, of course, uh, they find that a women's Money in the Bank ladder match, I guess, like, what, twice, I think. Uh, they, they've worked in Hell, hell in the Cell. Uh, <clears throat> you know, what? We're, we're, we're kind of, and of course, we're kind of waiting for them to do the Elimination Chamber. Uh, of course, they've been, of course, the women over, over over the years. I mean, I think, what was it, only two has been in the Royal Rumble. Um but you don't see that happening now. But of course, hopefully, we get, you get to see that happen here soon too. So, like you said, what haven't they done? And we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Because I think, I mean, with the way it's geared up now, I, you have the potential for them to uh, main event anything. I mean, you know, we've been talking about this story that, of course, I posted here over the weekend about what the little thing that happened at the May Young Classic uh-huh. when. And the four horsewomen of both WWE and, and MMA actually almost got each other's faces at this event. And there's talk that they might do something with Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, I'm hearing now, too. And, of course, I wouldn't mind seeing the four horsewomen now. That would yeah. be it. That would yes. be very interesting. I know that I would... there has been discussions. I know, uh, I think I heard today, uh, I think uh, through, uh, it was either, uh, I didn't hear all of it, though, but I don't, I saw something uh on Solo Monster, however, who's one of the big uh, shots along with Don, Don Tony and Kevin Cass- Castle, Castle and Tony's show, however, I think up in New York they're based out of. But I heard a few weeks ago there was discussion how at one point they want to bring in Ishak Tate from uh, UFC in. So could they bring her in? Could they bring Ronda Rousey in at SummerSlam with those two? Maybe set up something with WWE and UFC? It's possible, and we got some news about UFC, which we'll talk about here shortly. Oh, sure. Without a doubt. I mean that right there would we've often said you know that, that would often that something like that would often you know will blow the roof off of things man I mean trust me uh, I definitely want, I mean as we got the taste of Ronda Rousey you know doing that to Stephanie McMahon and Triple H at WrestleMania what was it thirty one thirty one yeah about two three years ago yep mm-hmm. yeah so everyone's been wanting to see it ever since that's happened yep so why not give the people what they want yep so there you go okay. so could we see it. It's a possibility. If you're teasing it, I would like to start hearing more and more of it. And let's see what happens with that. In the meantime here, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and go to J.D. Because I know J.D.'s got a lot he wants to get off his plate. So let's go ahead and do that, J.D. I'll go ahead and turn it over here to you. And um, then right afterwards, of course, we'll have uh, we'll be we'll be uh, getting his uh, fireproof suit already here while he's doing the, his part of the news. 
you can get, be ready for the movie trivia challenge. JD, go ahead and take it away, please. Okay. As we said last night on Revolution, however, we got our top five movies of the week. War for the Planet of the Apes Tower took in $56.2 million this week and was the top movie at the box office, considering it made $150 million to make. Spider-Man Homecoming dropped a spot this week, however, $44.2 million, but in two weeks so far, has made over $207.2 million on a budget of $175 million. Despicable Me, however, has already made $180.3 million in three weeks on a budget of $80 million, and this week finished number three, dropping a spot from two to three, however, as it made $19.3 million. Baby Driver, however, went down a spot two with $8.7 million, and so far in three weeks has made $73 million on a budget of $34 million. But the big surprise this week, however, is the big six, jumping up three spots from eight to five, however, in four weeks' time has only made $16 million, but so far, however, made $7.5 million this week. Now, new movies coming out this week include Kenneth Branagh and Tom Hardy starting in Dunkirk, a World War II drama based on a true story. Girls Trip starring Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, and Jada Pinkett Smith, which looks pretty funny, however. I might go see that maybe next week. Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets starring Clive Owen and Herbie Hancock. First Kill with Hayden Christensen and Bruce Willis, however, will be out also. Uh, also this week, however... Uh, Ian Meadows starts in Killing Ground, however, but the big movie of the weekend will be interesting to see if Dunkirk or Valerian will overtake, however, uh, possibly last week's number one movie, however, War for the Planet of the Apes. We'll have to wait and see. Meanwhile, however, in other news, of course, tomorrow morning, however, beginning at one thirty in the morning for you golf fiends, however, the British Open gets underway at Royal Birkdale Golf Course, however, links, shall I say, in Smithport, England. Early reports were saying that Ricky Fowler could be the heavy favorite going into this week, however, after having a pretty good week last week at the Scottish Open. But still others were saying it could be, however, Jordan Spieth winning, however, after Henrik Stenson last year won the tournament by shooting a final round 63, however, on the final day of the tournament. Now, as Chad said, we usually do not talk wrestling, however, but we do have some wrestling stories to report, however. First off, however, as reported, however, from our friends at 411 Media from Larry Zonka, believe it or not, after what happened a couple weeks ago involving wrestling diva Paige and Alberto El Patron, however, reports say, according to ProWrestlingSheet.com, police have determined that Paige could be charged with battery in regards to the airport incident involving Patron, but that it will be up to the state attorney's office to make a final decision. A representative from the Orlando PD told the site the following, OPD detectives have found that a probable cause exists to charge Saria Beavis with battery, a.k.a. domestic violence. Detectives have sent the information to the state attorney's office for review, and the SAO will determine whether to file charges in the case. Page claimed at the time that she was the one being held for battery at the airport, however, a week ago Sunday, but police had previously stated that Alberto Al Patron was the only one being investigated. The investigation in Alberto is not complete. Meanwhile, in other news, however, believe it or not, in a surprise today, however, WWE uh, son of legendary uh, bigwig Vince McMahon was involved in a somewhat minor tiff today, if you will. And no, it wasn't a fight, however. It was something more than that, shall we say. And we're going to pull that up here in just a second. Here we go. Uh, according to a report, however, mind you, Shane McMahon was interviewed, however, after earlier today, however, uh, after surviving a helicopter crash in the water. That's right. According to reports, however, Shane O'Mac, however, this morning, however, you can just find it, however, according to ABC 7nynewyork.com. The FAA reported that a small helicopter with two people aboard made a crash landing in the waters of Gigolo Beach this morning. The Robinson R44 chopper landed on pontoon skids just before 10:30 this morning. The people on board were wearing light jackets and were uninjured. Hard. Shane was one of those on the chopper. Shane does still plan on attending Sunday's pay-per-view in Philadelphia and said at the time afterward, "Everybody is safe and sound, and I look forward to seeing everyone at Battleground this Sunday." Now, on the crash, he said, I would like to thank our pilot, Mario, who did a heroic job of landing us safely in the water. The Suffolk, Suffolk County Marine Bureau, who were first on the scene, and all the lifeguards who came out to assist us in the Fire Island Coast Guard Station. And speaking of USC, however, mind you, there's a rumor going around. We will have a big discussion about this tonight coming up at 8 o'clock hour on the uh, debate show, however. 
According to reports, ProWrestling.Sheet.com reports that Brock Lesnar's contract uh, ends shortly after WrestleMania 4, and the reason why Brock Lesnar has re-entered the testing pool is so that when his contract is up, he can make the right decision about his next career move, which could be a UFC return. Lesnar has to re-enter the testing pool and fulfill the rest of the suspension before he's allowed to fight in UFC again. Now, according to BJ Penn at Talk MMA, who has broke big MMA stories in the past, it is being reported that Lesnar may return to the UFC and fight at the November 4 event at Madison Square Garden in New York. Last night, it was reported Paul Heyman and Brock were at the UFC headquarters during IFW and had a meeting with the brass, in which they said Brock's return is imminent, most likely at MSG on November 4. Also, it was reported later, I just had a second person tell me that Brock Lesnar is back in the USADA testing pool. Rumor around WWE is Brock is dropping the belt maybe in four weeks at SummerSlam. Lesnar, of course, was suspended for one year after his failed test at UFC 200, but because that suspension was retroactive to July 15th a year ago, he is now eligible to compete again. My goodness. My goodness. Well, this is going to be, like like I said, tonight or rest of the day, this is going to be a lot to, lot to take in, lot to dish in, especially on that right there. Uh, you know, <clears throat> seeing as how you know, we heard and I say that this around the same time last year that he wasn't never going to step foot in the octagon again, and all of a sudden now he says that uh, he wants another opportunity at it. So. Oh, and we have one more story. Sorry to cut in yeah. real quick. Uh, of course, earlier this week we reported that Dallas police, however, have now suspended their investigation of an alleged assault that a source said involved Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott, citing a lack of witnesses and inability to contact the victim. In a statement released earlier today, the Dallas Police Department said that it has made several attempts to contact the victim through various ways, but at this time have not been able to make contact. Uh, the incident occurred at a Dallas bar late last Sunday night and left a 30-year-old man hospitalized with a, no in- excuse me, a nose injury, according to an initial police report. No arrests were made and police did not name any suspects. But the police statement Wednesday also announced that no, quote, no witnesses have come forward to provide any additional information about the incident, this incident. An NFL official said earlier this week that the league is aware of the situation involving Elliott and looking to it, into it to understand the facts. Elliott is already under investigation stemming from a domestic violence accusation against him last year as the reigning offensive rookie of the year had been preparing a response, response to the league to be submitted in the next week, sources told ESPN. However, earlier, just a short time ago, Cowboys coach Jason Garrett said that he plans to speak with Elliott about the most recent incident this coming Friday morning. Garrett said he did not want to get into specifics, but did stress that Elliott is, quote, someone we believe very strongly as a person and as a football player. Well, it doesn't seem like it in my opinion after all the crap that went down this last week apparently and last year too because if you remember, not only these two stories broke, however, earlier, I think it was uh, this past spring, however, he got into a little bit of a tiff, however, at a bar, however, where he lifted a woman's shirt, I believe, too, unless that was last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? That's all I got to say. Yep. What are they going to do? Thank you very much there, J.D., and while we get uh, we get JD's fireproof suit on him, so we can go ahead and get him loaded up for this hot seat movie trivia challenge. Just go ahead and take care of this one more time. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one four one three eight seven pound. This is episode number sixty two of WWS Outside the Ropes. This is that Wednesday, July nineteenth, two thousand and seventeen. I'm of course once again, Mr. WWS Chat Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. Alongside the Iceman, J.D. Jared Drama, of course, J.D., the 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer, and also, of course, <clears throat> part of the team that brings you Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Uh, let me see. Have to see, and I'm getting word. Okay, yes, they have gotten they've gotten the, the fireproof suit on him. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the seat, I think, is toasty hot there, J.D. So. Why don't you give that a shot and see how see see how that feels to you? Uh, uh. I'm coming. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead and test out the hot seat there. See if the hot seat's hot enough for you. All right. Good to go. Okay. I, I thought we were going to hear a. <laughs> no, I'm <just> <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't do that to the man. No, no, no. He's all set, ready to go here, ladies and gentlemen. As we bring once again, courtesy of uh, 
polls.amctv.com, of course, the AMC film site, the home of the Super Movie Quiz. And, of course, we've got a doozy of, we got a, doozy of a uh, uh, questions here. We've got 22 questions here, like all about movie trivia from the past and present, all different genres, um, you name it. Like I said, we're going to ask it. Okay, Jim, JD's all set to go. <clears throat> uh, and is he ready to go? Ready. Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Uh, question number one. In which werewolf film were the characters named after famous werewolf horror film movie directors? I'll repeat that one more time. In which in which of the following four werewolf films were the characters named after famous werewolf horror film movie directors? Okay. Was it an American werewolf in London from 81, The Howling from 81, Wolf from 1994, or Wolf-In from 81? I'm going to say Wolfen from 81. Wolfen from 81. Okay, and the answer is, it was The Howling. Hmm. George Wagner, uh, Wolfman, 1941. Uh, Roy William Neal, Frankenstein, Wolfman, 1943. Terrence Fisher, The Curse of the Werewolf, 1961. And Freddie Francis, Legend of the Werewolf, 1975. And others in The Howling were named after famous werewolf Directors. Hmm, okay. Let's see here. Next question. In the film Music Box of 1989, what was discovered inside the titular object, a Hungarian music box? Was it incriminating photos, newspaper clippings, a pawn shop ticket, or signed documents? I'm going to say, what was the first one again you said? The first choice was incriminating photos. I want to say incriminating photos in this one. Okay. Incriminating photos is what J.D. chooses, and the answer is, and you're right, it was incriminating photos. Divorced Chicago lawyer Ann Talbot, played by Jessica Lange, learned that, his, that her father, Mike Laszlo, played by Armin Mueller-Stahl, was a zealous Hungarian war criminal and Nazi who killed Jews during the war. Huh. Ah, uh, this is oh, this is a more recent movie here. Okay, what was the name of the strategic military formation used by Greek King Leonidas, played by Gerard Butler, and his Spartans against the Persians in the movie Three Hundred from two thousand six? Was it called the Column, the Thalamus, the Spear Hedge, or the Wedge? I'm gonna say A. You'll say it was called the Column. Okay, and the answer is. It was the Phalanx, believe it or not. In ancient Greek warfare, a Phalanx was composed of a group of heavily armed, shielded infantry amassed tightly together in a rectangular formation. Okay. I bet. Question number, question number uh, four. How many children <clears throat> were there in the Von Trapp family in the musical film The Sound of Music from 1965? Was it five, six, seven, or eight? Uh, the Von Trapp children. It's been a while since I've watched that movie, too. Uh, I'm going to say, um, I'll tell you in a second. I'm thinking here, I'm thinking here. Uh, If I remember correctly, however, I think there was, however, seven. You think it was seven, okay. Let's say seven. And of course, like I before I give you the answer there, JD, I got to give you a joke here. Uh, did you know that they actually uh, came out with a new plant out there in Austria? No. The Venus von Trapp. <laughs> <laughs> I think a couple of them in real life, though, actually opened a B and B in New Hampshire, or Vermont, somewhere in New England. I remember hearing stories about that. Yeah, I've never seen a lot of old pictures of the. Anyway, this, you said the answer. You said the answer was seven. Let's see what the answer is. And you're right. There were seven of them, seven Von Trapp children, and I'll, of course, run them down. 16-year-old Lysol, 14-year-old Friedrich, 13-year-old Louisa, 11-year-old Kurt, 10-year-old Brigetta, as I pronounce it, almost 7-year-old Marta, and 5-year-old Gretel. There's no Hansel, but there's a Gretel. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I can't help myself. Question number five. 
In Batman Returns from 1992, what was Catwoman's original name? Was it Catherine George, Miss Kitchat Kerenska, Patience Phillips, or Selena Kyle? And what movie again? Batman Returns, 1992. It was, if memory serves me correctly, however, her real name was Selena Kyle. That's Selena Kyle right here, and the answer is, you're absolutely right. Catwoman was originally Selena Kyle, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, a quiet and shy secretary working for business mogul Max Schreck, who was played by Christopher Walken. If I'm not mistaken, they also used this in the animated Batman cartoon as well. As for her, yeah, and of course, Chris Walken had a feeling to play more cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get enough of the cowbell. <laughs> My friend one year, Frowling, I think I told you this story, was actually dressed up as Will Ferrell in the cowbell outfit and everything. Yeah, oh, man. I got I to gotta find out some of these old clips of this, man. That's some that hilarious stuff. Question number six. What was the name of the restaurant in Greece from 1978 where the Rodale High Teens hang out? Was it Arnold's, Frenchie's Place, Frosty Palace, or Mel's Drive-In? Frenchie's Place. Frenchie's Place, okay. The answer is, it was actually called Frosty Palace. Hmm. When Danny, played by John Travolta, took Sandy, of course Olivia Newton-John, to the Frosty Palace for a date, he ordered a double polar burger with everything and a cherry soda with chocolate ice cream, and she ordered the same. Whoa! Yeah, there you go. Mm, that sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, okay. In the super, next question, number seven. In the superhero film Iron Man from 2008, what was the name of Tony Stark's, of course, Robert Downey Jr., new, Tony Stark's new cluster missile weapon Developed by his own Stark Industries. Was it Babylon, Jericho, Navajo, or Skybolt? Skybolt. You're saying Skybolt. The answer is, it was Jericho. And Y2J helped him invent it. Yeah. <laughs> Jericho was a weapon developed by Stark Industries for the U.S. government, demonstrated in Afghanistan in the film's opening scene. That was the one that shot all the missiles all at one time. Yeah, that's then, right, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Question number eight, in The Dark Knight from 2008, what was the name of, on the Joker's name tag when he impersonated a nurse in Gotham General Hospital before blowing it up? Of course, the Joker was played by the late Heath Ledger. Was it Madison, Matilda, Melissa, or Michelle? Michelle, uh, what were the other choices again? Sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't... I didn't Michelle, what were the other choices again? Michelle? Madison, Matilda, Melissa, or Michelle? I think it was Matilda, if I remember correctly. Okay. All right. Matilda, the answer is, you're absolutely right. Matilda, of course, is the name of Heath Ledger's real-life daughter. Hmm. That's right. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. That's right. Oh, I do remember hearing that, too. And it's been a while since I've seen that movie, though. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Now, this one, I don't think I would need to give any choices once I ask you the question, J.D., so listen very carefully. Right. In the original Superman from 1978, what was the name of the newspaper that employed Clark Kent, played by Billy Planet? I, I knew you were going to do that. I need to give him the rest of it. Yes, you're absolutely right. It was, in fact, the Daily Planet. To protect Superman's identity, his non-matter alias Clark Kent was employed by Metropolis, the da- Metropolis newspaper, the Daily Planet, noted for, for an enormous globe atop its downtown building. Yes. The other choices had to do with two of them had to do with Gotham, which would have been Batman, and the other one was Daily Bugle, which I think was Spider Man, if I'm not mistaken. And here's a question for you about that movie. There was a famed movie critic in that movie that Lois was friends with. Do you remember the critic that she was friends with and she introduced Clark to? And Clark didn't well, get to jump him well. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Rex Reed. That is right. Yep, Rex Reed. I've seen that movie in a while, but I don't, that was a great. Christopher Reeve was the, was the Superman. I yes, mean, he was. Yes, in he modern was. era, my personal opinion. By far, I mean, by far. I hate that the man's gone. Don't worry about that. Yeah. He, was, he would always be a great actor and everything like that. But he was, I mean, a lot of people have said it, including those who worked with him with these Superman movies. He was Superman. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, and he, I mean Gene Hackman, Ned Beatty, Margot Kidder, and others. Hail before Zod! <laughs> <laughs> 
That's it. That's it. Because every time I think of Terrence I think of Zod, and then I also think of Sir Larry Wallen, and he's the same guy from Wall Street. That's Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Next question here. I don't, I'm not popping that into mind. Look at it. That's a good movie. In the suspense thriller charade from 1963, what was the valuable missing object being searched for? Was it an art painting, a gold bar, rare stamps, or a religious artifact? Oh, I should know this. I'm going to say a rare, rare, artifact. Yeah. rare artifact. Okay, was religious artifact? Yeah. Okay. And the answer is, it's actually rare stamps. Reggie, played by Audrey Hepburn, was searching for her murdered Charles, murdered husband Charles's money, found in rare stamps he had purchased and placed on an envelope. Placed rare stamps on an envelope. Huh. Crazy. Well, they are stamps, but yeah. Yep. Question. Question number eleven. In which Roger Corman classic did mutated half man half fish terrorize the community? Was it Blood Beach from 1980, Humanoids from the Deep from 1980, Prophecy from 1979, or Up from the Depths from 1979? Ooh, I'm going to say A. You're going to say Blood Beach. What's a freaking name? I never want to go to that beach. Uh, Actually, it was Humanoids from the Deep, actually, from 1980. Monstrous and slimy humanoid creatures. Um, I'm not even going to try what they are. Uh, but they have eaten exper- experimentally treated salmon with growth hormones with an urge to uh, to to mate attack the fishing village of Noyo No Noyo is the best way to pronounce it during its salmon festival. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. That would have to happen on that day, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. What was the na- question number twelve? What was the name of the dream-inhibiting drug featured in the Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors from 1987? Was it Gambitrol, Hydromel, Hypnosil, or Calicin? I want to say Calicin. The answer is, it was Hypnosil. The experimental psychoactive dream-suppressant drug Hypnosil, which is fictional, by the way, it's not real, so don't go looking for it, was suggested for the suicidal surviving teenagers so their nightmares would disappear. Let's see. I never watch it, so I don't give a darn about it. I don't like horror movies. Uh, question number 13. What tune was the whistle motif introducing serial killer Hans Becker, played by Peter Lorre, before he preyed upon children in, Fr- in Fritz Lang's classic film, M, from 1931? Was it In the Hall, The Mountain King by Greg, The Lucia Sextet Melody by Donizetti, Takata and Fugue in D Minor by Bach, or Whistle While You Work? I'm going to say A. You're going to say The Hall, The Mountain King. And you're right. Believe it or not. Wow. Good job, J.D. In the Hall, The Mountain King was from Edward Greg's Pure Gint Suite. Signaling Beckert, Beckert's desire to kill. The actual whistling, because Lori could whistle, was dubbed in by director Fritz Lang. Hmm. I, I did not know either. Huh. Question number 14. Which of the following 1960s splatter films launched the career of director Herschel Gordon Lewis, making him the godfather of gore? Hmm. Was it Blood Feast? Color Me Blood Red, 2000 Maniacs, or A Taste of Blood? Oh, and it's in June of the movie. I should know this, however. It's Herschel Pink. Or, uh, I want to say the blood one. You know, okay, what do you got? Well, you got three okay. of them that's got the word blood in it. You got what Blood Feast, Color Me Blood Red, A Taste of Blood. I want to say A Taste of Blood. That Taste of Blood. The answer is Blood Feast. The 1963 was reportedly the, was reportedly the first splatter film, one of many gory, bloodletting films from Lewis in the 1960s and 70s, whose collection of cult films brought him notoriety as one of the worst directors of all time. Okay. Well, that's it. That took a downturn, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Uh, question number 15. In which James Bond film was there exciting action footage both at Paris's Eiffel Tower and atop San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge? Have you to a kill. I don't even need to say I was one of the choices, okay? Uh, we'll say that View to a Kill, and the answer is, and you're right, View to a Kill from 1985. Roger Moore's last Bond film was the showcase for May Day's spectacular swan dive and parachute jump off from the Eiffel Tower and a fight to the death with villain Zorn on a girder of the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow, that was a, that was a quickie. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that was a bad term. <laughs> Question number 16. Who played the role of Nicole Horner, the headmaster's mistress, in the 1996 Hollywood remake of the French thriller Diablique from 1955? Was it Isabel Adjani, Kathy Bates, Simone Signore, or Sharon Stone? I want to say Simone Signore. Yeah. As I should believe it or not, Sharon Stone. Simone Sonori played the role in the original film in 1955, while Sharon Stone played the part in the remake with a considerably altered ending in which the headmaster was was decisively drowned in the swimming pool by the Sharon Stone and Isabel Adjani characters. Okay, ooh, talk about a wicked. Question number 17. What were the names of the three tunnels dug by the Allied POWs as an escape route in the epic war film The Great Escape from 1963? Was it A, B, and C, 1, 2, and 3, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, or Tom, Dick, and Harry? I'm going to say Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. The answer is, it was actually Tom, Dick, and Harry. (laughs) 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 Don't get me started, J.D. No, I'm trying not to. One of the methods of the... (laughs) <laughs> One of the methods that the, the POWs used to build the three separate escape tunnels was to carry away the dirt and bags concealed in their pants and spread it elsewhere. Huh. Okay. So, we won't be near them. No, you got the dirt there. There you go. Question number 18. Uh, let's see. What was the nickname of the atomic bomb written by Major Kong, played by Slim Pickens, in the apocalyptic conclusion of Dr. Strangelove from 1964. Was it Dear John, High Bear, Leper Colony, or Room? Leper Colony. Leper Colony. Okay. The answer is, it was actually High Bear. <laughs> Kong chose to ride on High Bear, one of the two huge nuclear warhead bombs in, in the Leper Colony bomber plane. Both bombs were labeled with sexual salutations. High Bear, which was a homosexual advance, and Dear John, the typical opening of the letter that ended a relationship. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, crazy question number 19. In the sad ending of Lonely Are the Brave from 1962, what was the name of Jack Burns, who was played by Kurt Douglas, what was the name of his horse that was shot and put out of its misery? Was it Cochise, Misty, Topper, or Whiskey? Whiskey. Whiskey. The answer is, you're right. It was with, while riding on whiskey, Burns was run over by truck driver Hinton's 18 wheel, of course, is played by Carol O'Connor, and whiskey was severely injured. The death of whiskey symbolized the death of Burns as well. Huh. Question number 20. When Truman Burbank, played by Jim Carrey, attempted to escape the imprisoning island of Sea Haven in the Truman Show from 1998, what was the name of his sailboat? Was it Fiji Islands, Mococo, uh, Mococo, Pluto, or Santa Maria? Santa Maria. Santa Maria. The answer is, it was indeed Santa Maria. Santa Maria was was, was named, of course, in one of Christopher Columbus's New World boats that discovered the Americas. So that was very appropriate, yes, indeed. And the final question, I do believe, yes. Who was pictured... On the final film poster that concealed the whole prisoner, that prisoner Andy, played by Tim Robbins, was digging as an escape route in the Shawshank Redemption from 1994. Was it Brigitte Bardot, Marilyn Monroe, Raquel Welch, or Rita Hayworth? Uh, I want to say Brigitte Bardot. 
Bridget Bardot, and the answer is it was Raquel Welch. There were three posters covered in the hall, seen in chronological order. It was Hayworth, then Marilyn Monroe, then Raquel Welch. Um, over the almost 20 years it took Andy to dig with a small rock hammer. Yep. Oh, we got one more. I'm sorry, we got one more, J.D., so be, be ready here. What was the name of the, of, of the cheap exploitation film being shot in the opening of Brian De Palma's thriller Blowout from 1981? Was it Bad Day at Blood Beach, Blood Bath, Bordello of Blood, or Co-Ed Frenzy? I'm going to say B, and I'll be back in a second. Okay, but it's Blood Bath. And we'll wait for uh, J.D. to return here. As we get ready to wind it down here, ladies and gentlemen, I'll give this one more time. 1724-444-7444, call ID 141-387-POUND. This is episode 62 of WWS Outside the Ropes. This is Wednesday, July 19, 2017. I'm, of course, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line with you alongside the Iceman J.D. Jared D. Geronimo. Of course, 2015-17 Hall of Famer, and, of course, part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of, of course, our shows here, coming up in about 30 minutes, uh, of course, be sure to join uh, King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, uh, along with the Iceman, J.D. Jerry Geronimo, and I'm sure they'll have a plethora of guests for WWS Wrestling Debate as they, of course, talk about the uh, latest what's going on on Monday Night Raw, of course, what's happening on SmackDown. Also, the stories that have been that have just been covered here just recently, uh, with you know the helicopter crash that uh, uh, that Shane McMahon was involved in, of course, also the story about Brock Lesnar, which also may maybe may dominate the uh, may dominate the story there. Uh, Back, and also of course uh, um, other things as well. So be sure to join them for rest of the day at eight o'clock from eight to nine. Call D one three nine nine two five pound, and then of course, ladies and gentlemen, Revolution. I'll be back with Revolution at 9 o'clock, of course, with the latest wrestling news and views. Also, some history and birthdays. Of course, also the results of last night's SmackDown Live broadcast. We're leading in towards the battleground here this Sunday, and we'll talk more about that as well. Uh, also, of course, some wrestling actions will come your way as well. So be sure to join us for Revolution, 138055 pounds from 9 to 11 p.m. Uh, J.D., the answer to that question was actually co-ed frenzy. Oh, Jack Perry, played by John Travolta, had been working for two years as a sound effects technician at Independence Pictures Incorporated, noting that in that knowing that in that time the sleazy sleazy slasher film Coed Frenzy was their in quotation marks finest film. <laughs> okay. And just read the results here. Uh J D did not need two shadow, ladies and gentlemen. Nine out nine out of twenty two correct. So Fine job there again, J.D., of course, improving big time here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and like I said, uh, we do once again welcome Outside the Ropes back on our Wednesday night lineup. And, of course, uh, we'll be back on. And, of course, if we have to change it again, we'll keep you informed, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, of course, wrestling, uh, wrestling um, I'm sorry, Outside the Ropes is is exclusive to, of course, our Wednesday night lineup in addition to Wrestling Debate and also the Wednesday edition of Revolution. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, J.D., anything else you wish to add, sir? No, we definitely get ready for a very spirited debate, get ready for revolution, and of course this Sunday get ready for what should be an interesting battleground, too, because we will have a very special show this Sunday. Absolutely, and we'll talk more about that, of course, on Revolution here coming up here in about an hour and a half. But, of course, before that, in about 30 minutes, be sure to join King Ice and I'm sure a plethora of guests for WWS Wrestling Debate coming up here, like I said, from 8 to 9, as they, of course, will, will throw out a bunch of big-time topics out there, and they will let the fur fly, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me, they will. Big-time spirited discussions and debates here will take place here tonight on the wrestling debate. So for the Iceman, J.D. Jared D. Jerome, we thank you very much for joining us here t- today. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw, of course, uh, saying thank you very much for hopping on uh, episode 62 of Outside the Ropes. And, of course, there's a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, where we're two years older and continuing to be bolder. The Radio Network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling and pop culture connection. <clears throat> uh, we'll, we'll be, I'll be back on here later on, ladies and gentlemen, for WWS Revolution. 
Uh, JD will be back on in about 30 minutes along with KMWO for Wrestling Debate. Uh, take care, take care of yourselves and each other, ladies and gentlemen. See, uh, see you on the red carpet here in this case. <laughs> and as always, here in the WWUS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoe.com. God bless everyone, and good evening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.